I supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game, not a game. We talking about sports. I mean, what are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here. All right, we talking about sports, episode number 29. Hey, as we promised, we're going to take a little bit of a hiatus. We did. New Year's came. Christmas came. Ben, tell me about your Christmas. Tell me about your New Year's. What I was missed up? you, bro. I missed you. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> Don't make me blush. Nah, man, we took a good little break. Um, uh, it was it was good. Uh, spent it up here in New Braunfels. I didn't go down to the valley. We had gone down to the valley for Thanksgiving. So we spent it with Gabby's family. Uh, we hosted New Year's. Christmas, just chilled here at the house, watched basketball, barbecued. And yeah, New Year's, we had a little New Year's party. But the weather sucked. How was the weather in the valley for New Year's? It was cold, actually. My uh, family never celebrates like back home on New Year's, really. Yeah, I needed a jacket New Year's night. It had a little menudito. It was good. Oh. Got together with the family. Um, ended up getting my COVID vaccine. I don't know if you got right. one yet. I didn't. I declined mine, bro, to be honest. Oh, that's cool. I'm going to wait at the hospital. I can kind of get it yeah. you know, whenever, but I just didn't want to be one of the first ones. Well, I ended up having a chance to get it, and I said, hey, let's just get this over with. I want, you know, things right. to go back to normal as soon as possible, and that's nothing political or nothing, but I said, let me get it while I could, Yeah. and that's where my stance is on that. So, and as far as Christmas gifts, any sports-related items, anything, did you get, like, anything cool like that? No. I, oh, I got a rocket hat. Actually, yeah, my brother. Yeah, I did. Look. Oh, there you go. There I'm you are. Right. Weapon, baby. We and you're wearing it right now. We lost yesterday. Tough game against the Pacers. Yeah, without the goat of Christian Wood. So that's yeah, your new goat. Your two hundred dollar cash cow. Hey, hey, bro, you can't. I, since the summer, I was hyping him up, and I, at least I'm glad he's averaging over twenty a night, uh, over ten rebounds a night. Like he's looking good right now. Through the five games that he has played, you have been correct, and uh, I'll give it to you there. It's. it's I still want to see more though. It's nice to have that lob threat there and he's obviously like way he can do he can just do a lot more than capella like capella was the lob threat but this guy can do more he's better at catching and kind of finishing after it's not just lob dunk lob dunk he can catch in traffic so and and may i say he's probably a better rebounder as well i would say Capella's a better rebounder. you think so because i'm looking yeah. at the stats and it looks like he's up there with him yeah but he he's up there with Capella, but Capella's coming back from like an Achilles injury, I believe. So, but Capella's just even though they're both, he's scrawnier, Christian Wood. Like, yeah, he's not gonna. Capella's as far as stronger. Goes, not gonna take if Capella's much. stronger than anybody, bro, he's stronger than Christian Wood. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny, but it's yeah. I've been watching Rockets basketball. It sucked with them being playing with nine players with a Boogie and Wall and Eric Gordon having to sit out because of COVID. Yeah. Um, it was a rough start, but and it's still rough. We got we got a series with the Lakers coming up. I believe we have one or two games. I think that's gonna be at Houston, I believe, right? These Sunday. Series. Sunday. So through these five games and the preseason, how are you liking the new coach? 
I like the new coach. I like what he's trying to do. It just everybody's got to be there. Like, you know, somebody's always been missing. We're like the we're like the Titans at the beginning of the NFL season right now, bro. Like now, uh, Macklemore and and House have it. Like the yeah. team hasn't even fully been together yet. Obviously, so, those guys are bench guys, but they are they do get good minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah, but they're key players. They're role players at the end of the day. Yeah, John Wall looked all right. Um, John Wall's looked all right. How about the other night when John Wall's looking for the ball and Harden's just dribbling up, posting up some guy, <laughs> and he's there just open doing this number for like a minute straight, and they never hit him. I just yeah. felt so bad for him. I was like, damn. No, nah, but he's playing well. He's averaging. He's doing good. He's averaging like 24, 25 points a game. But we're, we're not, we just got to start winning games. We beat the Kings. Uh, the first game when when Boogie and them came, and then Boogie got thrown out of that game against the Mavs. Yeah, he was doing all right uh, with the little minutes he had played because he got thrown out pretty quick. But then the Mavs handled us after that too. Yeah, well, like you said, it's it's still early. You all haven't been at full force yet, so it's a work in progress. So work in progress. As far as the Lakers go, six and two right now, doing pretty good. The two losses, I'm trying to remember who they came to. Um, one was the um, Spurs. Uh, you beat them both times. I think we did, but I can't remember the, the loss. Tonight's your third game against the Spurs. opening night against the Clippers, and then the other loss was in Memphis. I, I don't remember the other loss right now, but yeah, right now we're going to be playing the Spurs tonight, so I'm looking forward to that game. Has anybody has anybody been hurt for y'all? KCP, KCP with the knee injury, but other than that, I mean. Who's been sitting his minutes? Caruso's been out too, no? Uh, Caruso was out. Um, who's been getting his minutes has been uh, Kuzma, and they've been giving it to, to uh, THT. Oh, he's been playing? Arden Tucker's been playing more too. Wow. So it's been pretty good. Hey, uh, As far as Christmas went, man, how to get Christmas, uh, Probably one of the better gifts I've ever received. My cousin Roland came through big time. Oh, I saw. And he gave me a signed Bret Hart autograph. I collect wrestling autographs. I have a little book uh, with a fold with them. And I this is the best one I had by far. It's on, and, the, front, uh, on the front page or what? It's, it's, it has its own laminate now. It's it's, it's cool, man. I just, um, I don't know. It meant a lot, man, because it was, he was my favorite wrestler growing up. So I didn't think... Roland knew anything like that or didn't pay attention to details like that, but he really thought this one out for me. And dude, that was that was so dope, man. And you it, didn't have a Bret Hart autograph or what? I didn't have a Bret Hart auto. Nah, dude. Yes, I yeah. and what's funny, I was just telling Roland I had just finished reading his book not too long ago. Maybe that's so, why he did it. Maybe, but either way, super cool gift. So shout out to Roland. I gotta shout him out once on here at least. But let's get into it, man. Um Monday night. Um, yeah, the, the, the college playoffs went college down, right? Playoff, yeah. And la last episode, we had Mike on, and he discussed the uh, college playoffs. Now we know who's going to be playing for the championship. It's Ohio State versus Alabama, number three versus number one. Who, I'm sure who, we thought Clemson, who right? Ohio State? Who did you, do you remember? Cause I, I said Ohio State's options was good, but I don't think I ever claimed Ohio State. Okay, I think because I think we all thought we had come to a consensus that it was going to be Clemson against. Alabama, yeah. right? I That's think I even was saying things like this is the year the BCS could have been implemented because you one and two deserve to be the, the most. But I knew Ohio State's offense was the real deal. 
but I just did not think it was going to go down like this. Did you watch that game? Yeah, I did. It was domination, and it caught me by surprise. But, like, man, I guess that the, the bulletin board material worked, bro, because they were on their ass out the gate. Chris Olave was, was burning. It was quick. Yeah, the running back, the running back couldn't be stopped. Yeah. And what obviously like giving uh Ohio State all the props, they were on them er, they were on them early and they were on them consistently. But I think that the hit that hit to Fields took a lot of gas out of the Clemson defense. Mm-hmm. Because they already had a safety that was sitting out the first half, yeah, which was their best player due to a targeting the previous game. Their best DB, I, I think this linebacker to me, in my opinion, is the anchor of that defense, and he's the best player in my opinion okay. for that defense. Others will say the safety though. Okay, so it's debatable, but regardless, they they played with without uh, one of them. They they didn't get to play together in the game. One of them played almost the full half, and the other one played the whole second half, but. It was too late by then. But even the Ohio State defense, man, like Chase Young just graduated. There's no Bosa brother there. But they had Trevor Lawrence, and they they were working for everything. They were working for everything. Those hands were hot, man. They were getting in quick, a lot of pressure up front. Yeah, that's where the draft stock just skyrockets in games like that. But Clemson looked bad, and Dabo looked dumb. What do you think? There was some people I was seeing – I mean, obviously, the game was. Would you say was out of hand? Late third quarter. Would, yeah, would you say that it, it was. In, it was kind of done. Yeah, and, I, with, I, and with Trevor Lawrence being the number one pick, uh, I saw some people like, "Why does Dabble still have him out there?" I, what do you I, think about that? Trevor Lawrence is a gamer. Dabble's a gamer. Until it's clock strikes zero, they're going to give it their all. And you saw that late. Well, they're still but trying to score touchdowns at the end. You also see coaches take care of their players as well. Yeah. Like, this guy is a secure number one pick, and if he tears his ACL in a garbage time fourth quarter, what like what's the point? Well, I, I mean, their mentality is not that way, though. Their mentality has come to play regardless. Well, with the way they were talking, it, their mentality couldn't be that way, I guess, because Dabo was talking a lot of game, and it bit him in the ass, man. It really yeah. bit him in the ass. Yeah, I mean, he tends to. I remember last time when they beat the uh, – Alabama, he had that graveyard uh, set up, um, thinking that this is the end of Alabama's run. You know, yeah. He seems to be a little confident in his players and and his ability to coach, and um, it's helped, but it's also bit him in the butt. And the, the, this game, it definitely did. It made him look like an asshole for sure. He comes off a little cocky. I agree. He's coming off as the bad guy, I think I would yeah. say. He does seem to be now the new voice of college football. I think he gives the most sound bites of all the coaches now. Oh, how um, about that Nick Sate? That Nick Saban at halftime? Did you? Were you watching the Alabama? He couldn't hear. He takes off his yeah, headphones. That was just I so. Can't hear you. He was pissed too, bro. Like they were winning, and he was. He, it was, that was funny, and it was awkward. Typical Nick Saban, though. He hates the media in a way. And, and he always stares at the person interviewing him and never stares at the camera, like, for the people watching on TV. Like, yeah. He, Nick Saban doesn't belong on camera. Nick Saban is intense. That's the best way I can put it. For sure. But now, now we have the, the, the game. It's going to be Monday night, like we said. Number three, Ohio State. Plus eight versus Alabama, minus eight. Over-under is set at 76 and a half. Yeah. Uh, just off the bat, when I see 76 and a half, give me the under on this one. 
I know Alabama's offense is good. Ohio State's offense is very good. But they're going to even out a little bit. There's going to be some stop in the game. I don't think 76.5 will be reached. Well, last game against uh, Notre Dame was the first time that I, I believe Alabama hadn't scored 35 points yeah. this season. So it was kind of the game was in hand, and they were just trying to get it over with handing off the ball. Notre Dame was playing very conservative and just running, running, running and trying to kill clock. In this game, Ohio State, I don't – I mean, they, they went blow for blow with Clemson. Like, they were going for it. They weren't trying to keep Trevor Lawrence off the field. They were marching downfield as fast as they could and scoring. Yeah. So that's why I understand why it's at 76.5. That's a pretty ridiculous number for for a national title game. That's like a Big 12, you know, a Big, a big 12, 12 game. game. Um, or a Maction game. <laughs> One <laughs> of those Tuesday night Maxions. But I don't know, man. I, I, I could see – yeah, but even 30, yeah. Somebody's going to have to get to 40 in this game. Do you see anybody getting to 40 in this game? I mean, um, I know you would go I under. Think, right? I think Alabama can get to 42 in this game. And then Ohio State would be still under that 76 and a half mark to me. Yeah. It's yeah, going to be mean, tough. To, I mean, but at that, I mean, it just sounds like if you're expecting Alabama to score that much, just. I don't the minus eight should be cake. You know, and uh, Alabama's been pretty good at covering the spread this year, except uh, this last game they did it. That, that little backdoor, backdoor cover position. by Notre Dame in the last minute. It was open they, the whole game, the whole second half, pretty much, though. They just took advantage at the end. Yeah. I do have some notes here. So after a one year hiatus, Alabama is back in the college football playoff championship game for the fifth time since 2015. The tide open as a seven-point favorite in this game, but as you know, now it's at eight, and they haven't uh, played for the title since uh, Ohio State hasn't played for the title since 2014, which the Buckeyes won the last meeting between these two powerhouse programmings, and it was a 42-35 decision in the 2015 Sugar Bowl where the Buckeyes won. And, of course, it was really 42 42-28. It was until the last like two minutes when Alabama scored that last touchdown to make it forty-two thirty-five. Did they just look at the last meeting between them and set the the over at seventy-six point five or what? Maybe, maybe the that's why they got that over seventy-seven, and they just. Put what, it right what, what's uh, the thing is Alabama and Ohio State don't have a lot of history against each other. I, th- I want to say last game was their first time playing each other. In fact, oh. And these are two big programs, and I, I don't think there's a lot of history. And so, when I was looking at the notes for the numbers, that last game was the last one I could find. What did you think about uh, the Ohio State coach pushing for the game to be postponed or moved back a bit? Oh, man, a lot of things came to mind. I first thing I thought was all season long, Ohio State could never get the COVID situation right. Right, and it's a bad look. The second thing I thought was, how bad are those ribs? Uh, yeah, Justin Fields? They're trying to buy some time, right? Are they trying to get him healthy? You know, Nick Saban's daughter came out on a tweet and just said, hey, just tell us you need more time for Justin Fields' ribs. And uh, it got deleted, of, deleted course, but, of course. Right? But yeah. whenever it's on the internet, it stays on the internet forever, you know? Right. Um, so I don't know. I, I jokingly told my cousin Josh because he was like, 
oh, here we go with this news again. And yeah. I just just joking with him because it doesn't really matter to me. I was like, hey, wouldn't you rather play a healthy Ohio State team than a weekend one? And uh, he, he started giving me some other stuff, you know, Josh. But what do you think about that? I thought, I mean, I thought, I thought there was no chance of it happening for sure. But also, like you said, like the coach had just gotten off COVID. So how could they still be having COVID issues when your coach has already had it and the team hasn't learned by, by now? Like, no, I think that you're just going to have to play with the next man up because that's on you. Yeah, you already played the least amount of games as anybody in that playoff matchup because of that, and you still can't get it right. Be- and you're in the championship game, and you want another bone thrown your way. Nah, it's not gonna happen. And Nick Saban wasn't gonna let it happen. Nah, he has his players ready, and he's not. Let's just say Saban's about order and discipline. That's not order and discipline. Right. So I do got some Ohio State news, uh, notes here, and it says abbreviated Big Ten season and several canceled games prevented us from getting a good look at the Buckeyes, but we're all aware of it now. Ohio State torched Clemson's defense 639 total yards in its 49-28 win in the Sugar Bowl, led by 385 passing yards and six touchdowns from Justin Fields. The junior quarterback put up those eye-popping stats despite playing most of the game with ribs sore after taking a hard hit from Skowski in the midsection of the late first half. If Fields is still, uh, isn't feeling 100% in the national title game, he can always hand the ball off to Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon's an Ohio State running back who's actually a transfer from Oklahoma, um, who was playing with Oklahoma last year as well. After running for 331 yards in the Big Ten final against Northwestern, Sermon gained 193 yards in this um, semifinal on 31 carries alone, adding another 61 yards on receptions. So as you can see here, Ohio State's got two options, quarterback or running back, and they they got depth at running back. It's not just Trey Sermon because Trey Sermon just came on. It's been Master T before that. Would you say they have the more dynamic backfield? With the quarterback-running back combo? No doubt, as far as because the mobility of the of the quarterback. And that's because... Well, is there a lot of mobility with the ribs, though? From what we know, there can be, but he is a pass-first guy. I mean, just look at him last year. He was a Heisman finalist last year, and that's before... Um, he only had, what, two interceptions last year on a full season? Yeah. So... I think I, I I like the backfield better. I know statistically it doesn't match up towards Alabama's backfield right. because you got Najee and, and Mac Jones, who one of the Heisman finalists for this year. Crazy numbers. I think he beat Burroughs' numbers from last year. Yeah, he did. Um, but he got a full season on him. But I, just the mobility factor to me it's, is a more dynamic as far as Ohio it's State It's going to come down to the Ohio State. As far as Ohio State, I think it's just going to come down to their defense. If they play the way they came out and played against Clemson, I think it's anybody's ball game. But can they repeat that performance? Because we really hadn't seen them play like that all season. They were having close games with everybody. Even the, that Northwestern game, they came on in the second half. because The first half was pretty even. So <laughs> – can they repeat that defense performance from from last week? I think so. Because, like we said, Fields is a gamer, so he's gonna have. I mean, he's gonna have the offense moving. I think Alabama's defense um, is almost a non-factor for me. 
I don't really like their defense. Okay. Dylan Moses is – I don't know if you remember him being a junior high recruit and LSU giving him um, a scholarship already. They were lining him up next to Leonard Fournette. He was bigger than Leonard Fournette at the time, and this guy was in junior high. He hasn't panned out to me to be the greatest of linebackers. You got Michael Parsons, who's getting more shine as far as the NFL draft goes than he is. The one guy I do fear on the Alabama side, Patrick Sertain, the uh, son of um, what's his well, name? Patrick Sertain Jr. So he's yeah, Patrick Sertain. Yeah, Patrick Sertain is yeah, his dad. That dude is very hard to uh, throw against. Um, so that's the, so that's going to lock up one side. Now, if he's got Chris I mean, Olave, he's going to be the be first problem. DB taken in the draft. So he will be. It's just they're just gonna have to not throw to his side. And is he a guy that just plays a side or does he follow? Yeah, he just he just plays a side and he locks it down. Okay. But what I'm saying is when you think about the Alabama defenses of the past, if you think about those crazy defensive lines that just the Ryan Andersons, the Raekwon Davises, the Cameron Paynes, the the and Josh Allen. Linebackers have always been very Roquan yeah, Smith. Ruben Foster, all those guys, you know. You don't you don't see that this year with Alabama's defense. You only see two players that really shine to me, and Dylan Moses is not even that high of a shine to me, but Patrick Sertain is. So I think Ohio State's offense will score here. I just don't know if Ohio State's defense can match what Alabama's offense will be bringing. I think Alabama's going to – end up just outscoring them, but I just don't see that overhitting. I don't see the overhitting. So it's going to be a shootout, but it's going to stay under. Yeah, I, it's going to be in the 70s, but not, not 76 and a half. All right. What do you take? You're taking that over, it sounds like. No, I I don't. That's like crazy, crazy. I just would think that, I'll, I mean, I give the advantage to Alabama just because I haven't thought Ohio State's that good all year. And I think yeah. Alabama's looked like the number one team in the country all year. Here's the other matchup you got to think about. Sideline to sideline. Head coach versus head coach. That matchup goes to Saban every day. Ryan Day is not the guy. He's not. Well, I don't know about not the guy. I mean, he he's got not them right pretty quick. He got them right pretty quick. Yeah, but he's not Urban Meyer. Like, what, is this his second year and he's in the national? And were they in here last year too? Is it second or third year? Second, I think. Did they make the playoffs last year? Too? Yeah, they played against Clemson. They were close game. Things didn't go their way. That so I mean, he should have gone. He, he's been pretty good. So I mean, this is he's not bad. But I'm just saying, he's not Urban Meyer. That's all I'm saying. There's another yeah. level to this, and like I, I, I hold Urban Meyer and Nick Saber together as like one A, you know, and everybody else is under that table. Even Dabo. Yeah. Dabble, Dabble's under there. They're just right under that. They're great coaches, but they're not saving yet. And they're not urban to me. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Well, so uh, I just want to hear a prediction then. I'll go Alabama 35, um, Clemson, uh, Clemson, Ohio. I'm just programmed to say Clemson, Ohio State. 35-24. 35-24 Bama. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And I will go 42-38. 
42 to 38. That's 80, fool. Is it? Yes. Yeah, give me the overs. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't be doing unders on the national championship game. I mean, yeah. it, it, like if you just want to try and be smart, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm going to hit the overs then just for fun. <laughs> All right. Well, let's switch it up to the to the big boys transition here. Just before we get into the playoff matchups, the Texans have hired a new GM, Nick Caseros, making him the third highest paid GM, I believe, at $6 million a year. This is a guy who we, the Texans were after since last season. Another one of those Patriots. He was with the Patriots. This is a guy who Jack Easterby who rumored to be the main person behind the hiring of Caseros. But previously when we were trying to get him, when O'Brien was there, it was at when the Patriots were getting their rings from beating the Rams. And Easterby went because he was with the Patriots the previous year. And like that by like the punch, him and Caseros, so they got him for tampering and they didn't allow the Texans to talk to him after that last year. So they've been after him for a while. This was just a matter of time. This they've been wanting this guy. Uh, they have been wanting this guy. Now the coach is the bigger deal. I'm not too worried about the GM. I'm worried about the coach because I think the the coach is going to choose the style of play. The GM is just going to go and find him the players for the right price at the positions that he needs for his style of play. You know what I mean? So the coach is going to be the most important thing. I know that they've been they've been uh, interviewing a lot of people. A lot of people, um, but I think it's going to come down to once the, when they can talk to the Chiefs' offensive coordinator. I don't know if he's just waiting till after the playoffs because obviously the Chiefs are the favorites to repeat. Um, so maybe just no distractions right now. But um, it's, it's going to come down to the coach. I don't mind this GM hiring. I wanted the ESPN analyst Lewis Reddick, right? His name. I was hoping for him. Because then I thought for sure he would go out and get uh, Benemy, the Chiefs OC. Yeah, Benemy. So, but I'm not mad at it. I'm honestly not mad at it. I know Deshaun Watson had different thoughts. He he tweeted, "Man, some things don't change" or something like that. I guess just keep just keep trying and get that fruit off that Patriots tree. I don't know if he's referring to that. Because I thought that's what it was towards, Because right? O'Brien was from there. Easterby was from there. Uh, prior to that, uh, we had Patricia, who's now the, the Tennessee head coach. He was our defensive coordinator. Or Vrabel, I'm sorry, not Patricia. Vrabel was the Texans' defensive coordinator for Romeo Cornell uh, before getting his head coaching job. So the Patriots' coaching tree just seems to be like a feeding tree to Texans. Um, and obviously the GM was the first step. Now – no mas falta that they go and hire McDaniels. He finally leaves the Patriots, right? Um, that'd be horrible. But I think the 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 core of it is the head coach because he's going to choose his style of play is going to be what the GM goes out and looks for the, for players um, in those positions. So I'm I'm still have my fingers crossed for Benemy. It seems like it hasn't worked as far as Houston getting these Patriots coaches. It doesn't seem like it's worked for anybody, really, besides Tennessee. I mean, you got McDaniels in Denver didn't work. 
Patricia and the Lions didn't work. Romeo Cornell, I mean, multiple stints hasn't worked. Well, Charlie Weiss, where he's gone, hasn't if, worked. If the Titans work, then I mean, O'Brien, I think, has did more. I mean, Vrabel just or Vrabel just won his first division title this year. Yeah, I, I don't think Bill O'Brien's a success, though. No, but I wouldn't call Vrabel a success yet either. Is what I'm saying. So maybe we know. So we're on this point like, of it's, it's very very early for Vrabel. He hasn't even coached five years. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, Ben. About this hire, give me the truth, Justin. The one thing I do like: twenty years with the same organization. That's not an easy thing to do. And they were pretty successful. It's a very successful organization, and for you to be there for twenty years, that means he was doing something right there. I, I like the hire championships. They I like the hire. I know that the Patriots roster doesn't look the best right now, but I mean they have a very good track record, and like we don't have a first round pick this year either. Yeah, so like, this is a guy who's also with the Patriots. They're used to be picking last in the first round anyway because they always win the fucking Super Bowl. So. He knows how to make the most out of what, uh, you know, what he can get. And also over there in New England, you know, Bill Belichick did have a hand in personnel as well. So it wasn't solely Caseros. It was Caseros with the coach. Here, I believe it's going to be Caseros that has the say. Well, he wasn't the GM at the time over there. So he didn't have that responsibility. But well, he's he seen the process. Personnel. He was something for player personnel. Yeah, he's seen the process. He knows what to do. I absolutely like this hire. I really do. I'm with it. If I, as a Cowboys fan, when your owner is the GM, you yeah. get a little jealous of things like this. And <laughs> I'm jealous. This is a good hire, bro. I'm, I'm being well, serious. That's, that's the minority opinion, to be honest, though. That's not the popular opinion. Like, not every, obviously because of Deshaun Watson's comments. Well, I um, also, I believe because of the whole Jack Easterby situation. But that's something we'll get into later once we know yeah. we'll the let, coaching. We'll let the story pan out and see yeah. how, how it goes. Right. Yeah. All right, well, let's get into this MVP conversation. I know we've been saying two-man race. It started as a three-man race between Mahomes, Russ, like Russ Cook, and Rogers. But I hey, think nah, – You know, Josh Allen was in there, bro. He was in the mix. You know what? Before we get started on this, let me apologize to Josh Allen because – you were calling him trash. Before the season started, I was so disrespectful, bro. I was just – I was not right. Josh Allen, I'm sorry wherever you are out in this world, but I was wrong, bro. I called you trash. I said you were no good. I said I would never start a team with you. <laughs> I was the biggest Josh Allen disbeliever, and that fool made me believe. So, so you, uh, well, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about the games, but, yeah, that – you needed to do that, Justin. You needed to be held accountable for that. I did. Let's, well, obviously, we say that it's a two-man race. Let's give, like, our top five for MVP. Let's rank them because there's there's some people that thought Derrick Henry, when he rushed for over 2,000 yards against the Texans in the final game of the season, so there's some people who think that he should be the MVP of the league. There's some people who think Patrick Mahomes should be but him not playing the last game of the season obviously didn't help his cause, and Aaron Rodgers having to win the game to have a. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers' season with to have that bye, Aaron Rodgers had to play that last game. The, the Chiefs already had the bye locked up. Yeah. So let's do let's do our one through five. I guess we can start at at five. 
Who do you got at five? Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara at five? That six-touchdown game was ridiculous. That puts him up there. Okay. I'll go Russ. Fair. Russ at five. At four, I'll go Josh Allen. Give me Derrick Henry. Okay. And I think at three, I would go Derrick Henry. Three, I go Josh Allen. Oh, shit. Justin's really putting some respect on his name. I have to. Damn, because you're a full-blown believer in a Masfalta jersey. It's on the way. Didn't you break <laughs> your heart like last Thanksgiving and you still didn't believe, bro? Yeah, but I just – I didn't think so with him. You know, I thought, oh, this, this dude's from Wyoming. He's just a size guy. But whatever the Bills are doing, they're doing it right. It's on his shoulders, bro. And it's on his sh- – he's got Cole Beasley looking like a damn number one out there. Cole Beasley's looking good right now. He's looking really good. But speaking and, of Cole Beasley, we'll be talking about him later, though. And obviously the addition of Diggs helped him out so much because he can – I mean, he likes to launch it, Josh Allen. But I, I respect you having him at three. Um, I just thought Derrick Henry with that 2,000-yard rushing – uh, d- deserved at least to be in the mix. At two, I'll go. I'll go Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I'm gonna go Mahomes too, and that's gonna leave us. And I've been uh, going. Uh, last podcast, I said Mahomes was the MVP, but after the performance Rogers had, and like you said, Mahomes sitting down, yeah. it's Rogers' award now. And Green Bay's looking really good. But I do want to say something, Ben. I do got to say, as much as I was not a Josh Allen believer, uh-huh. neither were you and neither were Roland. Well, we didn't have him in our top, what, 10? Nobody had him in the top 10 to start the season. I What I did do, though, Elias, Elias Venegas, obviously he's a big Russ, Russ guy. And Russ and Josh Allen probably had the two hottest starts to the NFL year. So we bet $20 that if Josh Allen won, he'd have to pay me. And if Russ won, I'd have to pay him. But if neither won, obviously it would cancel out. Nice little gentleman. Neither one of them are going to win. But Josh Allen did finish higher than than Russell Wilson. No, I didn't have him in my top 10. And we got to go over that top 10 list. I have it right now if you want it. Well, we'll wait for Roland to be on an episode just so we could – we could go over all of ours and see what what we would have changed or what did change throughout the year. Where were we super wrong? Yeah, there's some there's some I'm wrong on. <laughs> yeah. I love this. I love this looking back at it. And I'm like, what was I my know, thought Tyler, process at the I time? Know Tyler, for the most part, took the jump that I kind of expected. I think that he finished as a top 10 quarterback. You had him on the top 10. Yeah, I was completely wrong about Drake and Drake. He kind of – he. Came on in the second half of the season, but yeah, uh, slow first start, but yeah, that's, that's all right. So well, Aaron Rodgers wins MVP this late I, in his career. I think so. And if it's if it's not Aaron Rodgers, I'd be a a little it's bit upset. Be Aaron Rodgers. I'd be a little bit upset. The, I, he did the enough. Same year that they draft the quarterback in the first round, did that shit motivate him or what? Maybe that was the key because we we're all talking about how do you not help this guy. When he gets you to where he gets you, right? And now Jordan like, Love was no help to the team this year. It was nah, like in the first than, round they added nothing. They were just other than some fire team. under Aaron Rodgers' butt. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, they lit a fire. Yeah, that's it. 
Might have been the best move, dog, because he's balling. They are, they are balling. Devontae Adams looks ridiculous. Aaron Jones, he's I mean. fantasy monster this year, man. God, the Green Bay's offense. Green Bay's defense for me still not 100% sold, but, but that you offense. But you got to trust Rodgers to make those plays. Later. That offense knows how to get those long drives to keep the defense off enough to, to win these games. They got yeah. it mastered. Right. But here we are, playoff time. Playoff time, wild card week. A few hiccups throughout the season, but we got here. Yeah, with no, with no added uh, week at the end of the season for makeup games, none of that. None I of that. It's kind of got a hand it to the NFL. Uh, there was a lot of games that players missed, but for the most part, they got the games in. We had every day of the week we had football, right? Yeah, there's some there's some uh, shameful situations like what happened with Denver. Yeah, having to play like, hey, we got to talk about Mondo having them as an 11-win team, bro. We got to talk about that, too. We'll talk about that after the season on the season yeah. recap because yeah. I even was on the Mondo juice thinking that he was convincing me that the Broncos were going to be pretty decent with that offense. And I thought Drew Locke coming back another year, he'd be stronger, but. With the people that made predictions on teams, we got to have an episode like that where we recap the predictions, but we have them each come on when we talk about that team. We should do that. All right. Well, let's open it up. First game of the week will be on Saturday. We're going to have three games on Saturday, three games on Sunday. Could you ask for a better action-packed NFL weekend? I assume. <laughs> Starting with the I Buffalo think, Bills. We're I think the best Colts. game is first. I think this is the best game of the weekend right here. Bills and Colts. It's going to be a good weekend. This is a 12 o'clock game. Bills are coming in at minus 6.5 versus the Colts at plus 6.5. The over-under is 51 points. Give me the over on this one. Just a little note here. Postseason football returns to Orchard Park for the first time in 25 years as the Buffalo Bills with a 13-3 record host the Indianapolis Colts with an 11.5 record. The Bills have won their last nine playoff games. The Bills have won their last nine playoff games as home favorites. But we got to take you back to 1995 since the last time they played <laughs> at home. Last year, but it was in Houston. Yeah, nah, it's yeah. been a minute. Well, you know what? And that it's it's in Buffalo. What I wonder, what, I wonder what the weather is going to be like. You know what? Because Philip Rivers in the cold. Philip Rivers in the cold is bad news. That arm freezes up, and what are you going to do? You got to remember, he was he played in San Diego for most of his career. Thirty-four degrees. Oh, Bills! That's a Bills game right there. A little bit of precipitation, very little, with some wind. It, we don't even have thirty-four degrees. Is cold. That's too cold for Philip Rivers. Uh, I like the Bills. I like the Bills. I think, I think the Colts are going to have to run and keep the Bills off. Jonathan Taylor has been, you know, he he ended the season on a strong note. Yeah, he was running his ass off that last game against the Jags. He got a little dicey for them. Two hundred and fifty-three yards, right? Yeah, he went off, off. Um, so I think that they're going to be relying on him because, like I said, Philip Rivers in the cold is that's just not a good recipe. Um, so it's it'll depend on their run game, the Bills' defense. Hasn't been that defense that we've been used to in the past year or two where they were real gritty. But we'll see if they can put a stop to the run game, bro, because if, if it's on Phillip Rivers' shoulders, 
it's going to be a Bills route. I see them running away with it. A lot of three and outs for the Colts. If it's just going to be Rivers out there slinging it in the cold, half-assing it. Um, I like the Bills in this one. Yeah. Like you said, Colts' run game is really strong. 253 yards by Jonathan Taylor. 125 yards rushing uh, yards per game over his last six games. But with these frigid conditions, man, Phillip Rivers hasn't thrown for 300 yards in seven straight games. So he ain't throwing for 300 this game for sure. And that alone. And some of Bill's mafia is going to be in there. And that alone is reason enough for me to go with the Bills. Uh, And the Bills, their last loss came, what, November 15th, the Hail Mary to Arizona? That's crazy, bro. That shouldn't even been a loss if if, because because had they won that game, uh, home field, the Kansas City Chiefs would have had to play. You know their last game. Yeah. So I I like the Bills here. Uh, I like what they're doing. Uh, Cole Beasley, he is in trouble for this game. Is he? Yeah, COVID uh, issues right now. Uh, He did. He did practice. Along with Stefan Diggs, who was also uh, rumored out. Is it or, tracing or they have COVID? I believe it's tracing at the moment. And as of today, Beasley and Diggs were practicing. So it does look like they'll be there Saturday. Now, I'll tell you what. If they were not there Saturday, I could maybe lean Colts. Without if, those they, two if they there. aren't there Saturday, it's going to be an ugly game. I could yeah. see like a like – a, like a like a nineteen or seventeen to thirteen type of under game. twenty kind of game for both, yeah, yeah. But they'll be there, and um, like you said, man, Beasley's been looking like he was like, when he better than he was with the Cowboys. That's he's, he's been one of the best slot receivers in the league this year. Yeah, I mean, he's I face for more than a thousand yards before that injury. Uh, he's been balling when he's been healthy. They have very good chemistry, him and Josh Allen. Let's move on to the second game, which to me is uh, take a nap during the first half game for me. Really? It's not, it's not, it's not the game I'm looking forward to. Seahawks minus three and a half versus Rams plus three and a half. I'm looking forward to this one. The over under is 42, and give me the under on this one. Yeah. Seattle has a 12 and four record. Los Angeles is 10 and six. They played two low-scoring games during the regular season. It's going to be hard to imagine anything different when these guys collide again in the wild card. Will they be – you think they'll be colliding? Who's starting at quarterback for the Rams? Big question. Right there. Man, if it's uh, – what's his name from last week? John Wolford, it's not going to be a good thing. But I think uh, – He might be better than Russ, bro. I don't know if you watched him play last week. He beat, <laughs> he beat the cards. He's not better than Russ. Bro, I hope it's him. I hope it's him because they'll beat the Seahawks with him. And oh, buddy, it's still as far as my notes go. It's still not known who's gonna be Goff or Walford. Because Goff did have thumb surgery and missed uh, yeah. last week, which was a big game. It was a playing game essentially. It, he, Goff is listed at questionable at this moment. So without Goff, it's a wrap. Without golf, I still think they got a shot. You just, you just want to. No, I just the 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 Rams D line gives the Seahawks hell. It do. always does. It always does. Bro, golf sucks too. You know, 
I know that this Wofford guy sucks, but golf. Yeah, golf is just a glorified game manager. Golf's pretty bad, also, bro. And but the Rams' rushing attack right now is really bad. Uh, last Sunday, they only had 54 yards on 24 carries. And how many? And and the quarterback had at least 20 of those yards because he was he had some crucial runs. And I think uh, Cooper Cup will be back. And you know, last week he was on the COVID list. That's a plus. That's a plus for them. But definitely, uh, give me the under. Forty-two points is not going to be reached in this I'm, game. I'm very interested in this game. I think. I mean, it's a division game. Like they're in the same division. They always play each other tight. It's usually a touchdown or a field goal that separates these teams. Just because, like I said, as bad as the Rams' quarterbacks are, that that defensive line for the Rams gives the Seahawks hell. And Russ was the most sacked quarterback this season. So with with the best defensive lineman in the league on the other side, um, it's going to be interesting. I think the Rams have a chance, but the Seahawks are rightfully favored. All right. I got a question for you. As the Seahawks have played out, I know in the first half of the year, it was the offensive side of the ball that was strong. Yeah. It seems like towards the second half, it's been the defensive side that is strongest for the Seahawks coming yeah, yeah. into this game. Who's the stronger side of the ball for the Seahawks? Well, with if if Wofford plays, you got to think the defense is the stronger side because they could force. I mean, it's hard to say that with Russ as the quarterback, bro. That's, just, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's we just put him in our top five of MVP, but they just the offense. I'm not sure for what reason, but they haven't been clicking. They haven't really been clicking. They've been starting off very slow, and then in the second half, you know, getting going. I, I mean, you got to say the offense just based off of Russ, but that Russ to DK shit that was automatic the whole first half of the season, automatic TD, it's hasn't been happening anymore. Yeah, it seems DK has been a little bit of a diva as of late. And even Chris Carson, even Chris Carson, like he's been – like Carlos Hyde has been getting – He's been the one popping the plays for them. It hasn't been Chris Carson. I'm going to go with the defense being the stronger side of the ball as far as the Seahawks go coming into this game. I like the Rams. So what do you give me the score for this game? Rams 20 to 17. Fair. That's 37. That's the under. Third game, which this is the game I'm looking forward I'm to. I'm always picking against the Seahawks. Bro. I, that's why I, sometimes I feel <laughs> like it's one, I'm right. I'm right on this one, bro. What I think they beat the Rams twice already this season, or no? They went, they split, right? Yeah, so this so. is a rubber match. But if they beat, if they beat them twice, for sure the Rams are winning. Third game, uh, Saturday night, seven fifteenth. Tampa Bay minus eight versus Washington plus eight. Over-under is 45, and give me the overs on this one. Point. Uh, yeah, and what has been one of the most bizarre NFL seasons as far as the NFC East goes, the Bucks are in for a little more strangeness as they kick off their quest for a Super Bowl title Saturday in Washington. The Bucks got an 11-5 record, but they're going to be on the road versus a 7-9 NFC East team who just made the playoffs at the last game thanks to a win against the um, – who they play? The Eagles. Eagles. The tanking Eagles. We got to talk about that after all of this. Let's talk about it now before we get into this playoff game. Shame, shame, shame. I I mean, I, I'm just glad that it was the Eagles, that I mean, the Giants that got screwed out and not the Cowboys fans because we would have not heard the 
end of it with that one. You all would have crucified Doug Peterson. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see so, so much of it on my timeline because we I, don't know that many New York Giants fans. I just saw from Giants players and stuff like that. Okay, what they were showing on TV? But no, like, just Twitter. Had you all beaten the Giants? Like, I even expected the Cowboys to do earlier in the day. It would have been bad, man. Imagine if you would have seen Nate Sudfield go out there in the fourth quarter of a one-possession game and you, and you all were needing them to win, bro. Would have been hot. I mean, what is there to say? Like, obviously, the coach, they're saying that the whole week he had been saying, oh, we want to see what he does in a real game. He's been here for three or four years. Yeah. We want to see what he's going to do. But, I mean, that was a very winnable game, one possession game, and it was like that for most of the game. And then you go and do that and just throw the game away. That's that's what they did. And it was the difference of them picking number six in the draft and losing and if they won, they would have picked number nine in the draft. So save them three spots in the draft. And but that was a clear tank. I mean, that's as obvious as it gets. Now, do you question his morality or his integrity as a coach for doing that? No, I think he was just looking out for his own team. I mean, I would want the better pick too. I mean, I get that you want to win those games, but I would have just not started Hurts to start to begin with. Like, I'm not going to make it look that suspect. Yeah. If we have nothing to play for, let me just sit my guy who's going to be my guy next year, and I want to see what Sudfeld can do. Let, let's throw him out there. Do you think that he has any justification as far as – let's just look at the stats. Hertz had a very horrible completion percentage up until that point. He gives them the best chance to win, and there's no way that no no way we twist words that's going to change that. I just want to I just want to hit you at all angles just to see nah, if it I, changes you know, anything. Yeah, no, no, I understand, but nah, man, that was that's just too that's blatant. That's too obvious. A hundred percent, Hertz gives you the best chance to win because of what he can do on his feet. Or throw Wentz in there, like Wentz wasn't even suited. But, like, to say, oh, we want to see what Nate could give us. Like, man, you know what he can give you. There's a reason. You know he's buns. There's there's a reason he's been on the team four years and you've never played him in live action. There's there's a reason why he's buns. You know it, too. Make it less obvious is all I say. Well, either way, Washington did uh, get the W. They're in it. That's all they had to do. They're in it with a 7-9 record. And they're going to be hosting what – uh, some of us, I know I had the Bucks in the Super Bowl. They're going to be hosting them. So what do we see here? What do you got? I, so, think, I, I mean, I'm glad that Alex Smith is back for the Washington football team. I'm glad that uh, Gibson is back, the running back as well. They're healthy at least. I mean, it was still a bunch of checking down, bro. I mean, it was a sorry game, that, that Washington football team performance against the Eagles. The defense did – I mean, Chase Young's going to do his thing. Dude's a beast. The one defensive rookie of the year. Yesterday, I believe they announced it. The The only chance is an ugly game for the Washington football team. The one thing I will say is Brady struggles when he gets pressure, like when he has to be on the move. And if anybody's going to pressure him, um, this is the team too. But I just don't think that the, the Bucks defense is going to have to work very hard to stop the Redskins. You know what I mean? Like play five yards and then just 
try and play the breakup because guys aren't running routes downfield or Alex Smith just isn't looking to throw downfield. Everything is quick. Just to the running back, it's a quick hitch. It's a quick out. It it's just very one dimensional in, in that in the fast in the facet of the passing game. Now the running game, Gibson's coming back. He had turf toe, so he was out two or three weeks prior to the prior to that play in game that they had against the Eagles. So if they can get some of the run game going with him, I mean, obviously that's the style that they want to play. They want Brady and the Bucks offense off of the field as much as they can. Um, I just don't see it faring well for the Washington football team. Alex Smith doesn't push the ball downfield enough to outscore the Bucks. I agree. I think if the Bucks bring on the blitz, it's over for Alex Smith. I think he'll have trouble moving mobile in the pocket with what's happening with his legs. The other thing is it seems like the Bucks are on a four-game winning streak and they're getting hot at the right right time. Now they're going to be without Mike Evans, right? I don't know. Mike Evans did get hurt in the in the last in the final game of the season, and like it was, I don't know if it was a groin or a hamstring, but it looked pretty bad. Well, it, even if he did get hurt, it seems like Antonio Brown has come on. Maybe had himself a day, huh? Yeah. So with, between him, Godwin, the tight end talents, Godwin there's a lot of places day. to. To feed, there's a lot of uh, players to feed here. It's not a problem if Evans needs to take a break on this one. So, do you think that the the Washington football team's defense puts up any resistance against the Bucks? Like, do you think that the first half is kind of like the D line? The D line can do it. The D line can get the pressure between Josh Allen, Cameron Payne, Montez Sweat, and uh, Chase Young. That D line is stacked, bro. Yeah, it's it's a one. It's it's those are all first round talents, and it's young. And it's yeah, they're going to be a problem defensively for a while, and they have the right coach to motivate them. Even given, I mean, not to build up on what has happened to him medically, and but that's a motivation tool as well, you know. And uh, he's yeah. a defensive mind himself, Ron Rivera. So there will be some problem early. I think Washington will be getting to Brady early, but then I expect. Um, the adjustments from a, a veteran quarterback like Brady, a, a championship caliber quarterback, to make the difference and get it going for them. Do you still believe that the Patriots can get to the Super Bowl? Do you still see them as that type of team? The Patriots? I mean, the Patriots. I, Brady and Patriots is just cemented. Oh, yeah, yeah. You mean the Bucks? The Bucks. Do you still – that prediction that you had? Because I had them in the in the NFC championship game. I, um, I give me up into the NFC Championship game. Why well, I mean, do you, do you think they get there? Confidence think- to get there, yes. To the NFC Championship, yes. Confidence to get there, yes. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't know if they can be Green Bay. All right, that's fair. Because I think now it's going to be Green Bay and them. Yeah, I, I think we all. I, well, I know I had. I believe I had also said Bucks and Saints, or I might have said Bucks and Green Bay. Um, but I did have the Bucks in the AFC champ or in the NFC championship. Game. All right. Well, let's move on to Sunday. A big rematch to start the day. This has been. They play during the regular season too, right? This, this season? season, yeah, they did. Let me look it up. Go ahead and look it up, but I'll give the people a little preview here. Yeah. We got the Baltimore Ravens at minus three and a half versus Tennessee plus three and a half. Over under is uh, fifty five. 
Give me the over on this one. I believe this one's going to be a shootout, even with that Ravens defense. The Baltimore Ravens head to Tennessee to take on the AFC South champion. Titans are coming in with an 11-5 record and a rematch of a Week 11 overtime thriller. So, yes, they did. I had it in my notes, and I just did. The Ravens, 11-5, have won five of the six since that meeting and entered the postseason firing on all cylinders. I know up until that point, I was worried about the Ravens even making the playoffs. Um, there was a lot of issues with them, the, and they just came, especially the way they played the Cowboys and and the other teams, and they just came on and said, you know, the last five or six, people were questioning Lamar Jackson, saying, is this guy the truth or not? Maybe they need to replace him. He is, he, you know, there was, a, there was a lot of talk and a lot of doubt placed over them at that point. So, Justin, the breaking news, Ian Rappaport, hashtag Texans, it's, it starts, hashtag Texans. QB Deshaun Watson extremely unhappy with the organization after owner Cal McNair informed him he would be involved in the GM and coach hiring process and provide feedback, but then did neither in the hire of GM Nick Caseros. Sources say. Wow. So the tweet was related to the tweet uh, was related to them. Some people had thought it had to do with I don't some, know if it was maybe them just going after the Patriots or maybe them just not saying something and not living up to it as far yeah. as him having input or or if it just changed as far as they're still running the show and he's not having input. I don't know. Because I don't think he had input with O'Brien. I think O'Brien was a, a control freak. Yeah, probably. I, I don't know if you saw the video this week where JJ Watt and him are coming off the field, and he's and JJ yeah. I think is apologizing to him, saying, "Hey, I'm sorry. You know, we're wasting your years here." What he said, we wasted one of your years, not yeah. your years. Right? Right, well, I'll just. I didn't have the video. We're coming off back-to-back division titles, at least. We had a losing season, yes. And, I I mean, obviously nobody likes to lose, but he's mad at the fact that they didn't consult with him over the GM hiring. It makes sense. I mean, yeah, it, it I makes, think he's the leader of your team, the captain of your team. You yeah. Know? As long as he's there, we at least have a chance. That's why I don't think that he'll be traded anywhere. Because I know it's been rumored that, oh, he might – Say that he wants out. So, so, and I'm gonna be devil's advocate and say this is more reason to trade him because they didn't even consider him in this hiring like they told him they would. This Caseros was a guy that they were after for a while, man. Like, this so was, if they know they're gonna keep him, they know they want Caseros or Casario. Well, but the coach, why not just tell him, look, this is the guy we want for you. I, I mean, and they should have. They fucked up. There's no denying that. But the yeah. coach and quarterback relationship is way different than the quarterback and GM relationship. 100%. Now, if he's – obviously with him doing – maybe he just did this to say, hey, you better not go fucking hire a coach without running shit by me. Maybe it's just like a shot, like like a warning, like, hey. I mean, obviously he's pissed also, but at, at least he's expressing himself. Yeah. That way they don't screw it up with the coach hiring process. Because do you think that they want to trade Deshaun Watson? No, of course not. So then they better fix it, and they better get him involved with the hiring process. If there was a time to trade to Sean Watson, it'd be now. 
No, it wouldn't. It would a new because, GM wouldn't come. It would be stupider than what Bill O'Brien did. No, because be of the draft and the draft being heavy at quarterback this year. It would be now. But well, you're not getting the number one pick because they're not giving the Jags are taking sure. they're not gonna give you to the Texans. Are you are we oh yeah, the Jags probably will take, but there's still Justin Fields out there and there's still give me Deshaun Watson. Better leader. The passing champion. I mean, I know that we suck, but he was out there balling with whoever was on the field. Yeah, Deshaun's great. I have no problem with Deshaun. He's awesome. That's why you can't trade him, and that's not the first move you make as a new GM on the job. Like that's how you get fired. <laughs> and he just gave him a new extension. He's he's he wanted to be a Texan. Like he did this when we were one and four. He signed his extension. He didn't sign his extension prior to the season. Yeah, no, he made. He wanted the bag too, so yeah. No, this Back is secure, just, no, I can go. They're gonna get it right. There's there's room to fix this. They still gotta hire a coach. All right, let's get back to game one Sunday, Baltimore and Tennessee. This is the second meeting, um, and there was there's been a history against these guys as far as last year goes big, in the playoffs. And I, I want to say that this has become a rivalry. This has become a rivalry game right here between the two. Yeah, and um, both teams are hot. You know, Baltimore's coming in with winning the last five or six, but then you also have Tennessee, who with who we thought could be an MVP front runner with um, Derrick Henry breaking the two thousand yards. So that's that's another thing we got to talk about. Titans have two two thousand yard rushers now, Chris Johnson and Derrick Henry. Nobody else has that. And under two different head coaches. That's something else. Man, uh, I like different to, styles I, of running, like complete complete opposites in both of yeah, them. Yeah, physical versus flash. But, so how fast is this game going to go by with the Ravens running game and the Titans running game? Is, a clock, is it just going to be a running clock? Just run it. But you know what? I'm still taking the overs even on a running clock like this. The def- I'm the Titans defense doesn't impress me a lot. J.K. Dobbins, man, what about J.K. Dobbins? Yeah, uh, he's been pretty good, you know. Pretty That's good for a rookie. He's taking over the he's taking over the carries as far as Mark Ingram goes. But they also have that other guy, um, Gus. Is it Gus? Gus Edwards. Gus, Gus Edwards. Gus. Yeah, but no, Dobbins. Yeah, Dobbins, another product out of Ohio State, just straight balling. Um, and man, I like the Ravens receiving core as well. There's a uh, they got Devin Duvernay on the slot who they don't use enough. They got Marquise Brown. Des Bryant has been a touchdown now lately for them. Um, so I like the Baltimore's offense coming into this. I don't know who I want to pick initially just because of the upset last year. I don't. I don't know. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Titans, man. I'm going with the Titans. I'm gonna go with the Dogs on this one. I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I think that they get their revenge this time around. The Ravens have been rolling. They're they're beating teams. I know that they were pretty bad teams, but they've been taking care of them. And they're running the ball. The, the Titans aren't gonna stop the run. I'm gonna say 28-21 Ravens. And I expect just, like I said, the clock to be going, but also them picking up yardage running. 
AJ Brown also for the Titans, man. That dude's a beast. He's a beast. Talk about a guy that yards after carry kind of guy. Yeah, and but he also he doesn't catch the ball with his body. He's he catches it with his hands, and then like you said, he's looking downfield to see who he's gonna stiff arm or what tackle he's gonna run through. That guy's a beast. This is the game Sunday that I'll be looking forward to the most. I know we said Saturday the Bills game. It's Sunday the opener is a beast. It's a great games. opener, man. Just give me Tennessee on this one. They're a little more physical, I think, than the Ravens. It's yeah. It's what what was the spread on that? Plus three and a half, minus three and a half, For and who? the over under is fifty five. Who's favored? Baltimore. On the road. On the road. Wow. Yeah, give me Baltimore. Game number two, Chicago versus New Orleans. This is another nap game for me. I'll be taking my little Sunday night, Sunday afternoon nap. Chicago's plus 10. New Orleans is minus 10. Over-under is 47.5. I think I'll still take the overs with the Saints on this one. The Chicago Bears is coming off an 88 record. They head to New Orleans as major underdogs to take on the NFC South champs. The Saints with a 12-4 record. Chicago did win four of its last five games heading into the playoffs, while the Saints entered the wild card weekend, having scored 85 points in their past two playoff games. Now, Chicago, um, they did start the season off like 4-0, 5-0, something like that. Then just went on a bad losing streak, looking terrible. They come back and win the last four of their last five. It, you don't know what Chicago we're going to get, especially with the quarterback situation. But it doesn't matter for me. Give me Nola. Nola. I, I believe that they win also. You said 10? 10 was the number? Chicago's plus 10. New Orleans is minus 10. That's a lot. That is a lot. But and we saw, but and the thing is, we saw the Saints choke last year, the first game against the Vikings. I mean, we saw them lose a playoff football game to Kirk Cousins. So Mitchell Trubisky's. I mean, that's not so far-fetched from Kirk Cousins. But there's still a gap. There I'm is a gap. There is I'm a not going to put him. Montgomery has been playing very well. Uh, he's been running his ass off for the Bears. Yeah. But New Orleans is going to get Kamara back. Uh, Drew B should be okay. Um, oh, Thomas Michael Thomas is back. He's eligible. Oh, he's back? I won't say back. He's eligible. Okay. So. Yeah, they should get it done, especially with the way they went out last year. I'm hoping it's a competitive game, though, man. I'm hoping the Bears put up a fight. They find ways to stay in games, like, weirdly, like, muff punts, just real bullshit. <laughs> um, but if they can just keep everything in front of them, Drew Brees really isn't throwing downfield. I mean, yeah, they're going to have to contain Kamara, and yeah. he's coming off of a rest or, uh, resting last week, whether it was – you know, I mean, resting because he didn't play in the game, but he, but he be- is coming off of COVID, so we'll see. Okay, so it was a positive affect- COVID test, so we'll see how it goes, how he reacts on the field. You know, COVID seems to be different for everybody, right? As far as how it lingers and how it goes, so. But they have Taysom Hill and they have Murray as well. I think Murray was out last week too. Was he tracing as well, or did he have COVID? You know, I'm not sure about Murray. He didn't but- play last week. But you know who you forgot to mention who they have? Top 10 on Justin's quarterback list. Famous Jameis. 
<laughs> oh my god no you were you're right there you were just going based off last year's stats yeah i mean 30 touchdowns bro he had to put dude what, what's up with that even when drew Brees was hurt for those five weeks your boy couldn't get no pt they they gotta pay the guy who they paid you know that's what it came down to Taysom was making the money they gotta play him so what was this season for Jameis? What what are we expecting after this? I think he'll be a starter next year somewhere. Cole? There's, yeah, maybe. There's going to be – or unless Cam gets the job because Cam's not going to be a Patriot. Maybe maybe Jameis will be a Patriot. Oh, Washington football team? There's going to be openings. There's going to be openings. But what, Ron Rivera – did Ron Rivera have Jameis ever? No, he didn't, right? Uh, he had Cam. He won't have Cam again. That yeah, you're right. yeah, you're right. Third game. I'm kind of excited about this game. Cleveland plus six versus Pittsburgh minus six. Why are you excited with all the COVID issues? Oh, over under 47 and a half. Give me the over on this one. Justin, you realize you've said over to every game, fam. No, no, I haven't. Yeah, you have. Nope. No, you I haven't. You your mind in the first game. No, I haven't. Uh, you said over. I had the under on uh, Seahawks and Rams. Oh, you did. No. Come on, bro. Don't question I, me. I think that this one is more of a lower scoring game, man. The, the Browns haven't practiced all week. Their facilities are still closed right now. So after starting the season with an 11-0 record, the Pittsburgh Steelers went just 1-4 over the last five games. The Steelers were trying to flip the switch and get back on the track Sunday night when they host the Cleveland Browns. The Browns will be without head coach. Kevin Stefanski, along with two other coaches and two other players, after positive COVID nineteen tests, that's a big deal without your head coach, bro. Well, especially because you haven't practiced and it's Thursday. Yeah. So when are they going to open back up the facility? Because obviously they're not going to move the game up. Maybe they move the game to Monday night, but I doubt it. Nah, it's going to be Sunday. It's not moving. But when are they going to practice? Saturday. <laughs> Saturday. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. They in the field tomorrow. I don't maybe know. there's just Zoom meeting practices and they're just getting people rested. I don't know the situation. I, I don't see very many points in this one. I, I see a lower scoring game. I haven't liked what I've seen from the Steelers offense for the most part. Um, it's slowed down a lot. The, the, again, the teams that have played each other twice already this season, another division game, those tend to be lower scoring. With players out, coaches out for the Browns, I don't expect them to be putting up points. Giving the ball to Hunt and Chubb is what I expect to see. Um, and Yeah, I, I think under. Cleveland averages about 26 points a game. I'm going to take them at 24 and give me 28 for Pittsburgh with the win, 28-24. And it's going to be the over for me at 52. But you know their head coach isn't going to be there, right? Yeah, I understand that. So Baker's going to get it done against that Pittsburgh defense. He's Chubb, Chubb's going to go wild. The chubby one. Yeah. TJ Watt's going to get hurt, and Chubb goes wild. I mean, if the Steelers lose this game, damn, there's going to be big problems. So let's just do a little. If they lose this game, they better force Big Ben out. No, you that, can't. You have to, right? You have to force them out? You have to if you don't win this game. What about Mike Tomlin? I mean, Mike Tomlin, we had LeBron tweeting tweeting him out, shouting him out when they were the only undefeated team at 10-0, 11-0. Yeah, they looked bad after that. LeBron gave him a little bad juju. Yeah, he must have. But, 
No, I think his job is is pretty pretty damn safe. Yeah. Yeah, I do like the Steelers on this one. This I'm just looking forward to this game just because it's the Browns, bro. The Browns are in the playoffs. This is this is something to talk about alone, you know. It's exciting. The Browns. I, I'm trying to think back uh, to when they were in the playoffs last. I think it's what 2002. It's been a long ass time. Yeah, man. So I'm excited. We got the Browns are you playing for the playoffs. And we got the Bills back in the playoffs. This is something else, you know. It's Are not you pulling for the Browns? Yeah, bro, I'm pulling for Chubb. All right. And and I like Baker's swag a little bit. You like him sliding in there to take that picture? Yeah, but I just like the, I just like that he, because I like Colin Cowherd a lot, and Colin's real yeah. hardcore on Baker, and so I kind of like when Baker can prove against him, because like. I like Skip Bayless a lot too. Not just not because I agree with their takes. I just like their takes because I can argue against them, and that's why I watch them because it's fun. And those guys I like a lot to watch. And so I sometimes I like when they're right. Sometimes I like when they're wrong. I like when Colin's wrong about Baker, but he's not more often right. But I, I like when he's wrong. Yeah, Baker in it. Well, he's been it so far for the Browns. So no, he hasn't. This season, hey, he's gotten some touchdowns. You know, the the game game does the game does come off the run game. The offense is based off the run game, but Baker's game managing enough to get it done. He's turning the ball over less, so he sucks, bro. So yeah, well, that's a wrap for the playoffs, man. Looking forward to it, man. Glad the NFL got it done. No hiccups throughout the season other than, you know, just a few games, but nothing as far as postponement. I'm glad we got to the playoffs at the time that we were supposed to be there. And um, I know we talked about the NFC as far as who you thought at Green Bay and Tampa. Give me your AFC pick as of now for the championship game. I'm going to go with the Bills against the Chiefs. Now, I don't know if they'll have to play each other in the second round. I doubt it, right? I don't think so because they're the first and second. So I'm, yeah. I'm with you on there. I'm with you on there. And now, preseason, I said Chiefs. Now, I don't know the way the Bills are playing. Now, I don't know. <laughs> Josh Allen got me to believe in because. I don't think that they get past the Chiefs, though. We'll see. I, I don't think that they get past the Chiefs. I think that they'll they'll like spy Josh. I mean, we'll talk about it when they get there. I'm not gonna go down that rabbit hole right now. But I'm pumped for the games. I, I gotta work Saturday, but I only work till noon. So I'm gonna get out at noon, come turn on the pit. Uh got Rick coming over, got Joby coming over. Sounds gonna good. watch watch the games. Chill. No golf this weekend. I'll be in the Valley next weekend, though. We got to get a beer, Justin, next weekend. Let me know, bro. I'm down. Well, that's a wrap for We Talking About Sports episode number 29. Short episode, all football packed. Uh, Next week, we'll have a little bit more of NBA talk once the season starts developing and there's more storylines going on. Rockets start winning. (laughs) We got a, a different standings than what we got right now. But uh, thank you for tuning in, guys. We appreciate y'all. Drop a comment. Drop anything as far as playoff tacos on our Facebook page or our Twitter feed, and we'll respond. Thank y'all. I'm supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. 
I mean, it, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yes. Not a game, not a game. Not a game. Slap place you scored 30. We talking about sports. I mean, what are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here. 